0: You kind of take all the pieces that you've learned up until then, you know, databases, MVC, all the little programming things, and you combine it into a full app, and you see it running on the web, and you think, oh, okay, I actually did this.
1: Welcome to Lawagon Live. This week, hear from our alumni themselves at our panel event. We love hearing from our old students who have gone on to do amazing things post bootcamp. They've come back to tell our current students honest advice about their experience before and after graduating. You'll meet Josh, now specializing in front-end development, Christos, who's now a senior full-stack developer, and then Heidi and Asia, who are junior software engineers. Hear all about their different journeys.
2: Hi, I'm Catherine, as Catherine said. Um, before coming to Lawagon, I was working as an operations manager at a small French-American HR software company, which is a lot of words, Um, but basically we ran job ads on social media and um, My job was to like help prep ads launch them troubleshoot problems um, Things like that. I worked first in San Francisco and then in Paris Um, and then I worked remotely full-time for two years
0: Hey everyone, I'm uh, Christos Uh, I'm from Greece, grew up in Holland, and then came to the UK and studied uh, mechanical engineering. I was kind of working at EDF Energy in their nuclear power stations for two years. (laughs) I love that reaction. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, I decided that wasn't for me. I didn't really like living in a kind of remote place. Decided to do something completely different, and that was how I ended up uh, doing the wagon.
1: Um, I'm Terry, um, I used to work in student international student recruitment for universities so I lived overseas for quite a long time and used to travel around and recruit students and I was working in, uh, for a university that had tech and design courses and in the end I was like why am I recruiting for these amazing courses and these amazing jobs and my job isn't very exciting so I decided to, to change and then uh, join the wagon in um, July of this year.
3: So I'm Sam and I did a degree in entrepreneurship at university and had a couple of businesses while I was there. Sold a couple of them and thought that I wanted to continue on my entrepreneurial journey uh, selling products. I graduated and thought, oh, actually I need to get a job, um, pay some bills while I come up with what I want to do. And so I started working for Moneybox, uh, which is an app, a financial app in London. And Kind of working there, I really thought, okay, I would like to get into more technical side. I don't, I'm not really interested in selling products, which I had been doing. It's quite boring. I'd rather create a product. So that's when I decided to enroll in Luagon. I really love my job. So I thought rather than do the full-time batch and drop out of uh, work, I would do the part-time batch. So I did part-time batch starting in April and graduated in September.
4: Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Jack. Um, like I says, I think I met most of you taking your first for the wagon. Um, so I started off um, in the UK film industry when I left university as a runner and assistant director. Um, I then found myself working for YouTube uh, a few years ago uh, where I was the in-house filmmaker uh, there where I learned all about online video and content creation um, and online creators. Um, Since leaving that position, I then have freelanced as a film director, photographer, editor, got a small production company as well. Um, And it was about two years ago that I came up uh, with an idea for an app um, and decided to give it a go. Didn't know anything about tech or coding or how to manage developers or anything like that. Struggled for a year and then a year ago decided to actually wise up a little bit and actually get a good education, even though I'm not necessarily a developer myself. Um, So joined the wagon in January this year and graduated in March.
5: Um, So now that you've um, introduced yourself, what was the most challenging aspect of the boot camp for you? (laughs) Um,
4: For me, there were sort of two main elements. I guess the first part was um, not having any background whatsoever in like coding or Anything like that, I mean, my job was literally, you know, just kind of making films and photography, so there was just nothing related. So the first challenge was basically getting my brain to engage with learning a whole new skill set, which was just totally left field for me. That was, for me, one of the hardest challenges, those first couple of weeks. Um, I think the second biggest challenge as well was when uh, the course started introducing JavaScript, because it was like i just was getting my head around sort of like, you know, Ruby and HTML and CSS, and then it was always like, right, we're gonna do a wiki JavaScript now, and it was just like, absolute overload. And I think by that point, I'd kind of realized to myself, I was like, right, okay, I, I don't think I'm necessarily cut out for being coder, but I certainly enjoyed the front-end side of things. So yeah, that, that was the biggest challenge for me, certainly
5: perfect and Sam you're the only person on the panel that did part-time you know you did the first part-time anywhere in the world Um, so what what kind of challenges did you face from the part-time curriculum not the curriculum because it's exactly the same as the full-time but um, the setup so you covered one day of lecture on the full-time across Tuesday and Thursdays um, and then did a full day on Saturday how was that over 24 weeks
3: So we had the benefit of being able to go away and actually think about what we were doing. But the caveat to that is we also had the benefit, well, the disadvantage of going away and forgetting what we've been doing. So we spent Tuesday and Thursday evening covering one lecture. Uh, So you have a fragmented lecture and then you you come in on Tuesday and it's quite fresh because you watched the lecture quite recently. And then Thursday, sometimes you forget what you've been doing. Um, And then Saturday, you cover the lecture. So I think it was quite nice in the respect that we had this time, but it also meant that where on the uh, full-time course, you have the intensity of doing everything in a week. It meant that things dragged out for quite a while. So we got to the end of the course and we started doing Ruby after doing all the JavaScript and everything and you just kind of thought to yourself, what is Ruby? Um, so it was hard to get back into that mindset of going through all the different languages. Um, but it was, yeah, it was, it was manageable.
5: And what was the, I don't know, how did you find the challenge of working full-time whilst doing the bootcamp?
3: Uh, it certainly is challenging, and you have to be quite disciplined with yourself. There were Thursdays that were quite sunny when people were kind of messaging saying, I'm stuck in the office, and you're like, hmm, uh, myself probably included. Um, but I think if you really, really want to do it, and you don't want to give up your job, it's, it is um, something that you can manage to do.
5: Perfect. And in the end, it kind of flew by, and you were there on demo
3: day. And We got to a point where we kind of felt like we'd reached the top of the hill, and then we were all kind of celebrating that we were on this way down down the hill towards the finish which was nice
5: oh thank you and what about you guys if you could share the challenges that you faced for your boot camps and
1: um I think for me the biggest challenge was deciding to do the boot camp in the first place um I'd been in my job for a long time I hadn't done anything to do with tech since GCSE like math and science and I hadn't really enjoyed it then either and everyone that I told my family and friends that I was going to do everyone was really shocked and like are you sure and I wasn't sure if I could even do it. So I took, it took about six months for me really to really decide to do it. And I spoke to everyone that I knew that worked in the industry or anyone I knew who worked in programming and did loads of online stuff. So when I got here, I felt pretty sure that it was the right decision. Um, but then it was also really intense. And because I'd worked in the same job for a long time, I hadn't worked hard for a really, really long time. So it was coming in every day and just giving everything 100%. was just really exhausting, as I'm sure you all know. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I agree with what you just said, making that decision to leave your job and, and start the wagon, which obviously isn't the case if you do the part-time one. So it's great that that option is there now. Um, but obviously, it's quite an investment in terms of money and time. And I guess I didn't really know if development was something that was for me. I just thought it was quite interesting and I wanted to have a go at it. But after starting the course, I absolutely loved it and still love doing it day to day now. And it's definitely... Uh, Not something I regret at all. It's been the best choice I've made.
5: Perfect. Um, What was, which week did you find really hard? Or was there a point of the bootcamp where you were like, I'm not cut out for this, you know, struggling with with a language or a new concept?
0: So I think the first couple of weeks were okay for me because I had done a little bit of programming at university before. So kind of the initial concepts and things like that, uh, where some other people might have struggled a bit more. That was okay for me, probably. I'm not the best like front-end developer, so dealing with CSS and things like that, it's not my forte. So I would say that's more complicated for me.
2: And what about you, Catherine? What was uh, a challenging point in the bootcamp for you? So I just kind of struggled in general with information overload, um, and I, you know, I'd been in my job. For many years, and much like you, I was bored and hadn't been challenged in a while. So, just really like exercising my brain um, was an intense, an intense thing. Um, I kind of felt like I struggled the entire time, um, but at the end of the day, like we made a great product and we demoed it. Thinking about it now, like when you said JavaScript, I like shuddered internally. <laughs> um, it's a very like visually overwhelming language for me, and I felt like I never really like grasped that. Um, whereas I did fine with other things and like other concepts. Um, but yeah, JavaScript, no, thank you.
5: <laughs> okay, whilst you're there, what was, your, um, what was your point in the boot camp where everything just started to fall in place? You were like, yeah, I've got this. Um, I made the best decision to do the wagon.
2: That, that came at like certain moments. So like when we did um, like databases and SQL, I seemed for whatever reason to like really get that. Um, But then when we did the projects, no one in my group wanted to do any front end. So I pretty much did most of the front end by myself. And like that repeated practice just like really instilled um, CSS and like HTML, JavaScript. But the others, you know, like it really solidified it in my brain. And like I got to the point where I could talk about something with my group and be like, oh, yeah, I can do that. And like it was there. Um, And when I realized I could do that, I felt I felt really accomplished. And what about you? Was there a moment in
5: the boot camp where you were like, now it makes sense?
0: Yeah, for me, I think it was the first week of doing Rails and deploying something. You kind of take all the pieces that you've learned up until then, you know, databases, MVC, all the little programming things, and you combine it into a full app and you see it running on the web and you think, oh, OK, I actually did this. And that was kind of the moment where I felt like, OK, I can I can build things. I've learned how to do this here.
1: I think when we got to the projects and there were so many new challenges um, with introducing different types of gems and things you wanted to do in your project but I realized that I realised that the Ruby stuff that would have taken ages in the first couple of weeks, we were just doing on the side. Like it was just stuff that you had to do quickly so you could get on with the real stuff. And that was when I think I realised how much I'd learnt uh, since the beginning.
5: And was there a point in the boot camp where you thought, I can't do this?
1: The worst day, my least favorite day for me was the the first time we pushed anything to Heroku. I think it was the cocktail thing. I I literally had a meltdown that day. Everything went wrong and I felt like I was following all the instructions. And because all the errors were new, I didn't understand what was happening. So I just had to sit there like a lemon and keep calling like TAs over and being like, everything's broken and I don't know why. So that was really frustrating. Um, But then I think it was just because it was new. And so every time something's new, you're a bit like, oh, really? I just like got good at stuff. Yeah.
5: Okay, thank you. And what about you? And on part time as well, did it maybe compared to the full time, you didn't have that moment where you're like, it all makes sense. Was it more gradual? Or did you feel like you had, you had grasped concepts thoroughly earlier on?
3: I think once you get to Rails, you go, okay, that makes sense why we did everything at the start. Um, Because you go, oh, we did the MVC and that all clicks into place and you can. You could, I think at the start initially you're like, this is far more complex than I thought it would be. And then when you get to Rails you're like, oh, this is just a cheat way of doing everything, kind of popping in shortcuts and generating models. And it's it's just a lot a lot simpler and a lot kind of more user friendly to do. Um, but I think, the, the as I said, the benefit was that we would sit there kind of panicking about things, but then you go Oh, okay, it's half nine now, I'm off and I can worry about it on Thursday. Um, And by the time you come back on Thursday, you've got a fresh head and you kind of come in five minutes later, you solved it on your own. So I think sometimes it's having, like we were quite grateful that we had that time to sit there and ponder these things.
5: And did you ever, so the flashcards that you have to do every night, um, did you ever spend, you know, two evenings doing one set of flashcards or did you take your time to rewatch a lecture? Um, Do you feel that there was a benefit to maybe having a day in between each lecture?
3: My flashcards were a little neglected. But the, the lectures were certainly good, and I think it was, it, towards the end, it was difficult to fit the lectures in. I was watching them on kind of one and a half time speed, maybe two times speed, and with a French accent, that gets particularly <laughs> difficult. Um,
5: Don't tell Boris. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but I mean, it, it's beneficial having all that resource there, and I think get, having all the code, uh, all the source there in, on the uh, on kit is really, really helpful, because we kind of dig through that and try and find solutions.
5: Have any of you actually gone back to Kit since leaving to re-watch a lecture or... Wow.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
5: Ignore chat. Everyone else, that's okay. If you could tell us about your moment when it all
4: clicked. Um, there, were, there were a few. I think the first biggie was the first Friday when the teachers cracked open the beers. And like <laughs> genuinely, because it was like the first social element. It was like, you know, I was like, where's this in the brochure? Like, it was like, it just felt like it was more of a social thing as well as a, a learning thing, which was just awesome. On a more serious note, I mean, the, the first time that we started uh, demo, like pitching and like sharing ideas with the group, that's when I felt like actually I had a, a skill set that aligned with being able to sort of stand in front of people and actually like tell the story of a product and the user journey and all that kind of stuff and actually like how important that is as far as it goes to develop products, that was really great. And I think the other moment was when we got into, I think it was design week. And we had to use Figma to start drawing out all of our UI and stuff like that and our UX. And I just remember like being like, right, this is something which I totally resonate with. This is totally aligned with my skill set. Um, I'm adding a value to my team. I know like what I'm doing. And then that sort of translated into this, the front end side of things as well. Like once we started to get to CSS and HTML, I was like, fine, like finally I can do something. <laughs> like it just all clicked. So they were they were like the sort of three moments for me when, I mean, I enjoyed the whole experience really, but I mean, they were the three moments where it's like, this, this is awesome. I'm really Really enjoying this.
5: So I'm guessing your
4: front end over back end. Oh, hundred hundred percent. I mean, genuinely, if someone asked me now to write any back end code, I don't think I could. I reckon you could. I mean, I don't know, honestly. Um, So yeah, front front end. I mean, as soon as, as, soon as I left Lwagon, um, I I basically, uh, me and my course mate, Johnny, we started building the app, which I was designing, and I just basically spent three months just doing front end work while he did back end. So yeah, front
3: end, hundred percent.
5: Perfect. And what was your favourite,
3: front end, back end, full stack? Uh, back end, without a doubt. Um, my my group started. <laughs> uh, we were one of our projects was called Dream Runner, and it was this psychedelic, uh, like neo punk. It was just carnage, and I was looking at it, <laughs> and I thought it was absolutely disgusting. Um, <laughs> But I just stuck with the back end and said, Okay, like you guys obviously want to experiment with this and test out your newfound skills. I'm gonna sit here and just look at disgust, uh, look at that and disgust. So yeah, back end all the way.
5: Perfect. And what about you guys?
1: In when I was doing my um, batch, I thought that I liked back end more and I really, really didn't like front end, but I realized what I didn't like was design at all. So now in my job, I do, I'm do i full stack and we just make front end two very, very specific designs. And I enjoy that. What I didn't like was having any creative freedom in the front end at all. Yeah. So now I'm quite happily full stack.
0: Yeah, I'm also a backend kind of guy. I like having control over what my code does and the browser just doesn't let you do that. You have to worry about people using Internet Explorer or Firefox or Chrome and sometimes it doesn't work or sometimes this thing is like, Slightly misaligned, you're like, why, why? (laughs) No, I can't deal with that.
2: (laughs) Back end one hundred percent. I like how we've alternated ourselves here. Um I think it's pretty clear that I like front end from what I said earlier. Um I kinda got shoved into it, but then I ended up liking it. I'm a I'm a really visual person and I I liked the refresh and see my changes. Like that instant gratification I found really helpful and encouraging.
5: And could you tell us a little bit more about the product that you worked on for your final product of La Wagon?
2: I, unfortunately, was the person who was chosen on the day of to do the demo, so that was fun. Um, It actually was fun it ended up being good but anyway um we built a essentially like a website scraper um to scrape the web for jobs um and not only to like scrape all different sites for jobs but to sort of highlight the key elements you had searched on so um if a job matched your salary like that section would light up in green if it didn't match your salary but matched other requirements those other fields would highlight green um, but salary would be left blank and essentially like it's sort of Ordered the jobs in an intelligent way for you, um, showing you like a percentage base like this job is a 90% match. And lower down, you'd have this job as a 50% match. Um, It was called Jobot, if you want to. You want to look it up i occasionally look it up and see if it's still there (laughs) and you said you kind of fell into
5: like the front end is that was that a decision that you made as a team how did you divvy up front end back end responsibilities and how did you work together in the final weeks
2: yeah, so um we, we had a team of four pretty pretty strong personalities, um, all from different backgrounds, all from different countries actually. And um, you know, two people were really, really dead set on being back end. They expressed a lot of hatred for front end. <laughs> and so like, you know, I can I can be flexible. It didn't it didn't really matter. I was just happy to be learning and working on something, so I kind of said, sure, I'll do front end. Um, The person whose idea was the project also was quite flexible. Um, She did a lot of front end work as well because it would have been impossible for me to do everything by myself. Um, But she also did back end things too because I think that's more of where her, her interests were as well. Um, so it's just, I mean, we kind of had a conversation about it. A couple people were really like dead set on back end. The other two of us were more flexible. And so it just, it sort of panned out that way. Have you got any advice for these guys as they
5: move into creating their product next week um, with how to divide responsibilities or to handle any conflict when you're starting your project?
2: Um, I would just say like, to be to be open-minded one of the guy the one guy in our group who was like super dead set on back-end we were running out of time and he actually ended up working on a front-end page um, and he did a really good job of it and he was kinda like oh wow this isn't you know this isn't as terrible as I thought it would be so just I guess don't get like these preconceived notions in your head of like oh I'm back-end or oh I only wanna do front-end you know just like be open-minded, you're here to learn, like be flexible and like take the opportunity to sort of like work on whatever needs to be worked on with your team, I guess. And Christoph, you say you're very much a a
5: back-end developer. How did you find that challenge when you were working on your final product? And can you tell us what your final product was as well?
0: So yeah, we worked on a product. This guy came up with this idea where um, he was an investment banker before he came to the wagon. I think he's doing that now again, but um, came up with this idea that in Africa they don't really have many bank accounts and so there's not much of a market for like loans there so you wanted to build this app where people could essentially apply for a loan using just their mobile phone and so we created this app where on one side you know you could even just text in and and get all these forms and fill them in to apply for a loan and on the other side you know you could have the kind of dashboards where people can see what loans are lent out and all this kind of thing So that was what we worked on and we were also four people and we kind of split into two pairs of like people who were stronger during the batch and weaker so that they could like help each other out
5: so you had one strong back end person one weaker back end and they would kind of
0: Yeah, exactly. Something like that. Yeah. So I did mostly back end, but I don't think we split it so religiously. So we did kind of mix and match it depending on what needed to be done. Yeah.
5: Do you have any regrets being mainly back end at the boot camp? Do you wish that you'd pushed doing something you were less comfortable with whilst you were in this environment?
0: No, I mean, I think we all...
5: (laughs) (laughs) Really not a front-end guy.
0: <laughs> no, no, I, I mean, I don't mind touching both, and I do at my job, like, I'm a full-stack dev, so I do a lot of front-end at work, and I don't mind it that much. It's just if I had to choose, I would never touch it again, but... <laughs> <laughs>
5: Cool. And what about you, Terry? Can you tell us a little bit about the product that you did? Um, And maybe tell the guys your story about um, Demo Day when (laughs) that that might be a good thing to tell everyone and reassure them that it's okay.
1: (laughs) So our um, product was um, called Jaunt and it was effectively like Tinder for holidays. So you would put in where you're going and how long you're going for and then you would swipe through activities in that location and then everything you swiped yes for, it would build you um, an itinerary for your trip. Um, So (laughs) we were, our group was very much a democracy in how we worked and what we wanted to do. We were very lucky. We didn't tend to clash on what we wanted to do. So we had um, a really full Trello board and we would go through it in the morning and be like, what do you feel like doing today? And then we would, and we, so we all did front end and back end. On the demo day itself, so ours was a phone, was optimized for mobile. And then on the day, the phone that we had prepped for days to be the phone that we used wouldn't connect to the screen. So um, one of the other guys gave us his phone, but then it took about five minutes, I think, to connect it. But luckily, the guy doing our demo day is also a stand-up comedian. (laughs) (laughs) So you can see our video probably on YouTube, and he does like a full five-minute stand-up routine um, while we got the phone connected. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So... (laughs)
5: So no pressure, but be funny (laughs) if you... (laughs) So have a a little comedy sketch plan.
3: So our product was called um, TerraScore, and it was uh, indexing, well, we created an index which you'd then answer some questions against, which would give you a score on how environmental you were being. Um, And the main feature of our product was this chart, I think Chart.js, so it was a JavaScript chart, and someone luckily took ownership of this chart, uh, and it was the main feature of our product, so that was what the majority of the time was spent on. Um, Poor David and Igor were kind of sat there fretting over what, how the score was calculated and how this graph was generated, and I was plodding around kind of in the background, just picking out little jobs like, "Oh, this menu bar needs a tweak. I'll just do that," or "The background looks a little bit funny here." So, I got to do the like some front end and like the back end jobs. I think. It would have been nice to have a bit more of a front end and experience a little bit more of the front end. But this graph was the sole kind of feature of the product. So it, it did look really good in the end. Um, I think a few more features and a little bit more time, we could have developed our skills more. But I think it's just kind of the start of the journey in terms of learning these skills. And it, it definitely teaches you where you need to go and find them and where you can go copy solutions from.
5: So with the part-time breakdown, so I think your final product week was split over, was it four weeks or was it? Yeah, so it's split over about four weeks. Did you find that if there was any confrontation or you didn't agree on how the design of the website should be or a feature, would that dispute carry on to the next lecture? Would you speak outside of, would you work on things outside of Le Wagon and come in and be like, I've done this in my own time? And
3: I think everyone got their artistic license done in the first uh, project, so in the Airbnb week when we did that that was just mental. Um, so when it came around to the the second project, we were like, okay, this actually should look good um, and look normal. So I think it was good to get that out of the way and kind of really, really push the boundaries on the first one and go, we've learned all these skills, let's just go crazy and try everything. And then when it comes to the second one, let's make something that we're gonna present that will be on YouTube and potentially future employers will look at and things like that, that we will actually be proud to have in our portfolio. So we, um, our team worked
4: on a app called Whiskit and it was an app which enabled you to find home cooked food in your local area. So like on your way home from work, you could pick up like someone who cooked like 30 portions of Bolognese and you could buy it really cheap. So it was a way of like finding nutritious home cooked food like conveniently basically um, because I hated cooking. So it was just like these ways to find it. Um, In terms of advice for you guys, at that point of, of the course, um, I guess the, the the hardest thing to do is to let go sometimes of, of some of your babies in the project or the app, because it's kind of like when you're demoing it, the audience will never know what you haven't included. Yeah. So simplify it down, even though that might seem like kind of sacrilege at the time when you're designing the app, it, it makes, it, it's better to do less than, than more basically and do what you have really, really well. Um, certainly with our team, We had certainly some personality clashes, to to say the least. So I guess I kind of, I mean, with my background, it's you know, sort of managing people all the time is essentially what I have to do as a filmmaker. So luckily, it was kind of you. You know, you had to sort of like give people jobs that they're good at. Make sure that uh, everyone's happy. Sort of diffuse situations. Um, I mean, tension's definitely got high towards sort of like the closing point. Um, But ultimately, like I say, we just kind of simplified that things down a little bit um, and just made sure people just sort of task focused rather than like commenting on other people's work. and I think fortunately, yeah, it all came together in the end, and and it, and it demoed well, and um, it was quite a neat, um, elegant product. So yeah, it, it was fine in the end.
5: Were you the product lead?
4: Um, well, it was my It was my idea, so I sort of naturally, um, sort of because it was my idea, sort of took that position. But ultimately, the, like the, the team, I was, with, no one was interested in like pitching it or demoing it or anything like that. Um, and yeah, when it when it came to actually like, mani- you know, sort of managing the, the guys around. Um, yeah, it just seemed like, you know, I
3: was a good fit for the role. So yeah, it was fine.
5: And um, sorry, one last question that I should have asked you all. Um, how did you decide who demoed it on the day?
3: Well, there was a guy on my team who had the idea, Igor, and he was a little eccentric, I think, to say the least. Um, and it was his it was his pitch, <laughs> but he, he he was very good at presenting and he brought real characters to the stage. So I think for us, it was a bit of a no-brainer on who should really go and present. Um, I think... We would probably have liked a couple more people, but I think it only really worked as one person's journey. So I think you've got to look at your journey and say, how many people does this journey work for? And then go, who's the best fit for this journey? Um, Because otherwise you say, oh, I'm really good presenting, I'm really good presenting. And then you've got two people doing a one-person journey and nothing makes sense.
5: And did you decide that before you built the product or whilst you were building it?
3: I think whilst we built it, um, because we... Eagle had big dreams for our, our, our project and all these features. And we had to kind of whittle the features down to a point where we could actually build something that we could demo.
5: Catherine, what was your experience with choosing who could demo?
2: <clears throat> um, so the idea for what we did wasn't mine. And generally speaking, it, it seems to be the person whose idea it is presents it. But I was the only native speaker of English in our group. Um, I'm terrified of public speaking, like I'm holding it really together right now. Um, but I'm really terrified. I agreed to come because I knew there'd be beer, but basically um, they, they harassed me relentlessly every single day um, up until the day of the demo. And then they plied me with whiskey and convinced me to stand up and Google and uh, be on YouTube for forever. So that's, <laughs> that's the story of how I ended up presenting and I didn't explode in a ball of flames and it seemed to work okay. So uh, that's, that's how I ended up presenting our project. Have any of you got any
5: advice if people are, if no one's um, putting themselves forward to, to speak or if everyone wants to have the opportunity to speak? Did any of you face that in your groups or?
4: i'd also say as well is obviously the whole point of the wagon is for you guys to learn new skill sets and pitching i think and, and, and demoing a product is one of those invaluable skill sets so and you're in the safest environment to do so so like it's it shouldn't be denied to someone if they really want to speak like because like i said it's such a valuable learning um so yeah just try and give everyone the chance if it, if it, you know if you can do
5: perfect okay uh, what is life after the boot camp looking like for you and what have you done since the wagon um,
4: so so since so as soon literally like the week after I finished the wagon um, I had always intended to Build the the app which I wanted to build, um, and it was just very fortunate that I met um, Johnny, one of the course, um, one of my coursemates, um, and so we went four months into building the app full time here at the Wagon, um, which was um, r- really awesome because you know it was such a good environment to basically you know obviously see the next batch come in, hanging out with the the the, the TAs and all the teachers still. Um, so That was really awesome. Um, and then, so, and, and so I did that full time for four months, um, and then we finished the build in September. Um, and then since then, I've basically gone back to my old life, so like uh, making films and doing photography and stuff like that, um, and sort of turned into a salesman for the app essentially. Um, So trying to onboard the first users um, and sort of start to generate the first sort of traction with the app. Can
5: you tell us a little bit about the app? Yeah, yeah.
4: so it's it's called Wrinkle. Um, It's a platform which enables fans to message their favourite social media influencers. So Instagrammers, YouTubers, Twitchers. they can messi- send them a message directly uh, via a video or a text message form and they receive a personalized video response back uh, and the fan pays for that, um, which the influencer sets. Um, so it's a it's a means of essentially influencers being able to um, connect with their fans, to offer advice, uh, to offer exclusive content, uh, do Q&As, do personal shout outs, whatever feels right for them and their audience. Um, so yeah, we soft launched it um, actually on Sunday last week and uh, yeah. So ooh, <laughs> thanks. So so we had our uh, first wrinkles sent uh, this week. We've had seven cents so far. We've got fifty users on the platform now. Um, so yeah, it's and it's and it, we're just building it slowly. I don't want to kind of like shout about it yet, just yet because we want to see if anything, if any bugs or anything like that. So yeah, it's going it's going well. So I'm really. Excited. And did you
5: use any? So you're saying that you're using a text platform and things like that. Anything that you've learnt from Law Wagon that you put into that?
4: Oh my I mean like yeah it's so it's it's a it's a web app so it's obviously not like on mobile but it's it's mobile friendly I mean just basically everything the wagon went into it, so like every tools that we use, I designed it on figma uh we obviously use Ruby to code it um even the way that I'm pitching it and demoing it um giving the user journey. like Everything I learned from the wagon, I'm applying to getting wrinkle off the ground. It's, it's really great. That's yeah. brilliant.
5: Thank you. Yeah. thank you, well done. And what about you? Are you did you go back to the job, while well, you stayed in your job that you were doing?
3: I think we finished and then I went to the pub for about a week. Um, and then I went on a holiday to Mexico for a couple of weeks and I came back last week. And since I've got back, I have been re-watching lectures, trying to remember how everything works. And my plan now is to start building a couple of ideas. One's just a bit of a kind of a passing fancy that I'm going to do just to try and remember everything and it will probably be horrible. Um, And then I'm hoping once I've kind of ironed out the wrinkles and got my knowledge back, I'm going to build something that I'd like to hopefully get to the point where I could leave my job and then start pursuing that as a full time uh, project.
1: Um, I finished in early September and then started working, started a job in early October. And so I just, about five or six weeks into a job. So I'm a full stack developer for a um, company called Hans HQ and they have a Ruby on Rails app for um, the construction industry to manage like, all their risk assessments and personnel and stuff like that. Um, my job is effectively an extension of how exactly how project weeks work. We have four developers, we have like a board, we pick work. It's exactly the same. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so when I finished the wagon I kind of continued working on our project that we were doing for a little while and uh, the guy who came up with the idea was actually paying me for a little bit, as so like a contractor to do that for him um, but then one of the guys who gave a talk at the wagon while I was there on the batch um, I heard one of their developers was leaving so I spoke to him about it and he ended up offering me a job as a junior developer there and uh, yeah that's, that's at Head Start where I'm still working now so it's been almost three years since I've been there kind of full stack developer working uh, on this product, which is essentially a HR tool for helping big companies manage all their job applications. We do a kind of matching algorithm which calculates a score for every applicant on how suitable we think they are for the role. So it helps companies with like thousands of applicants to kind of screen, screen through them uh, more efficiently and more fairly.
5: And what languages do you use now in your job three years in?
0: pretty much only JavaScript. So we use Node on the back end and React on the front end for all the uh, front end apps.
5: And how did you find going into a job when you first started um, and learning new languages? Did you feel that the the understanding you had from the wagon gave (coughs) you a good base to learn new languages or did you really struggle with that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was definitely a challenge, but I had the right basis from Luwagon, like all the things that you learn are very transferable. All the concepts, all the programming concepts are kind of the same in most languages. So it's just a matter of learning new syntax, maybe some new patterns and things like that. Um, but yeah, after, you know, a few weeks, a few months, you're kind of up and running.
5: And did you, did, were you supported in your team as well with the new languages or was it pretty much go and, and teach yourself?
0: I mean it was pretty rough it was kind of dropped in the deep end (laughs) we were only a couple of developers when i joined so there wasn't too much support for me actually which is kind of a good piece of advice if you can find a team where there are senior developers that can mentor you that will really accelerate how fast you learn when you get a job uh so yeah that's something to look out for in your first job if you can find something like that that's ideal
5: thank you and if you could talk us through your job please catherine and the company that you're at
2: yeah Um, so I somehow managed to negotiate with my former company a sabbatical in order to do the wagon. So I uh, partied hard on Friday and went back to work on Monday. Um, but I knew like I mean the reason I did the wagon was because I'd been bored in my job I knew I wanted a new job um and I knew I wanted it to be more technical I didn't necessarily I was pretty sure I didn't want to be a software developer and actually doing the wagon in a way confirmed that for me um but also still gave me the tools and the knowledge that I needed to like Level up. Um, so I went back to work on Monday, but I definitely used like the tools and resources here to workshop my resume. Um, I applied for a ton of jobs, had some interviews, um, ended up at Deliveroo. I'm actually a technical account manager now. Um, I'm still learning. So because of my Americanness, I was offered a job in July, but didn't arrive in the UK until October 29th. So I'm still quite new. um, But you know, my former job was was working a lot um, with like API's and JSON and sort of job applications. Um, And now it's it's similar, but it's with restaurants and menus. So I'm still like, you know, learning a lot and and being trained. Um, There's a lot of room to grow. And definitely like, understanding what it's like to be in the position of an engineer it just like it makes my job you know so much better and i th- i think it was a really big factor in me getting the job in the first place um i don't have a technical background i studied anthropology and spanish language and literature at university so what i've learned like i've learned either at work or at le Wagon.
5: Perfect. And whilst you're there, do you have any general advice to give to these guys who are going through the boot camp now? Um, they're about to go into the last two weeks. Maybe any advice for after the boot camp or?
2: Like, don't be too hard on yourselves. Um, you're in the last two weeks. Like, you guys have come so far. Just like think about how much you didn't know um, and uh, just like take advantage of the resources that you have at Le Wagon. Like, ask the questions like do the resume workshops like you know help each other like review your resumes and your LinkedIn profiles like support each other in your job searches um you know like there are a couple people from from my batch who um like ended up getting other people from the batch job interviews um you know I had applied to a job at Deliveroo but I leveraged um I've spent a couple years off and on in the UK and I was able to leverage like a personal network in order to sort of help like you know I said oh I applied for this job and a person I know said oh I work there like you know I'll definitely put in a word for you so just like don't you know like talk to anyone and everyone about what you're doing and why you want to do it like you never know what resources could come out of the woodwork um, and just take full advantage of everything you have offered to you because it's super helpful and it's a really unique opportunity that I don't think you get at a lot of other times in your life
0: yeah i agree with a lot of what you said the wagon provides a lot of kind of community which you can leverage to try and you know find opportunities there's obviously slack but you know all the people around you right now just if you hear anything interesting ask about it ask if there are any positions opening up all this kind of thing we actually didn't have the kind of careers week back when i did the batch so it's good to hear that that's available obviously use that LinkedIn is pretty big for developers there's some recruiters just spamming people all the time so just make some friends on LinkedIn and you'll start getting all kinds of messages so it's a pretty good industry to be in at the moment the demand is just crazy.
1: Um, yeah, so like I say, my job at the moment is really similar to how it works in Project Week. So I would say for these couple of weeks, just really do trust in the processes and habits that people are trying to get you to form in working with the way that you work with Git and GitHub and managing the things that you want to do on the board and then kind of working out as a team. So um, I didn't expect it to be as similar as it is, but it, um, my day is, is very similar to, to how it was here. Um, and then secondly, I think after the boot camp, just do try and relax a bit because i think that it was really i didn't expect the shock of after the boot camp having so much time to myself and having to do self-directed learning and self-directed thinking which i hadn't had to do for like 10 weeks so the only thing i would change is i would probably chill out a bit more just after the boot camp before i really threw myself into job hunting
5: when you had just finished the boot camp were you still going online to kit were you watching lectures then so you didn't really take a break
1: I didn't take a break at all, yeah, I was applying for every job that I could find, I was um, doing, watching the React stuff, I was going back and doing challenges, going back and doing optionals, like just, um, I was, everyone kept saying don't stop coding and I was so terrified of not coding for like one day in case I would forget everything. So I just, um, yeah, I went really, and I really was really anxious about getting a job as well so I just really kind of went, but I think like you will get a job and everyone said that to me and I didn't believe it, but you will.
5: <laughs> and did you have a technical test as part of your interview? <coughs>
1: Yeah, so I had two technical tests for the job that I ended up taking. So the first one was they asked me to build a Ruby on Rails app with a React front end um, for basically a, a pig Latin translator. Um, so I didn't know any React and I'd only watched one of the videos. So I for like three days, I didn't talk to anybody. And I just sat there with my headphones on and and figured out how to somehow hash together a React thing. And then when I went in for an in-person interview after that, um, I did a technical test. So like we had some tests and we would um, try and get the test to go green by writing the code. It was, I can't remember what the test was now, but it was just basically Ruby stuff. Um, It took about an hour and it was fun because you know, it's fun to code. So (laughs) once I got over the initial panic,
5: it was fun. And when you were in the technical test, would you talk through why you were coding what you were and your choices? And did you you find that there was anything you wish you had done differently or the lessons you learned here had helped you? Yeah so
1: it was um, effectively pair programming with the the lead developer who who was interviewing me and um, he gave me the laptop and said okay like you know code this stuff and I was like I can't remember anything and had like a meltdown but then once I got into it and I just was kind of just talking through I think we could do this and I think there's a method that does something like this and then he'd be like yeah there is it's called this and he was very friendly with it he wasn't kind of expecting me to do it all silently and then he would just run the test and it would all go green. It was really a process. Um so yeah it was
5: fun. Genuinely. <laughs> and was that your only technical interview that you had?
1: Yeah, so that was the only I that was the first in person interview that I did and then they rang me up and said I had the job and I was like,
5: yes, I just want a job. <laughs> so I just took it that's
1: like the next perfect. One.
5: And is that sorry last one with you whilst you're here um is there any advice you would give for prepping for a technical test or is there anything you wish you had done differently
1: um I didn't know I was having a technical test in the interview they just said come in for an in-person interview so I think that was probably a plus because I think I would have worried about it otherwise um but I I've heard people having technical tests in other languages, so I can't speak to what that feels like. But it was it, the technical test was in Ruby, so I think just um, I just tried to imagine that I was just sitting there with a friend and we were just doing it. Um, in terms of prep, I don't know. I didn't really prep for it because I didn't know it was going to happen. Um, but I, oh, the, there's a, just doing those online. I did a lot of Code Toad Wars. So that was really good. So code wars is good because you get given challenges that you have no idea what they are and then you just kind of work through them. So that was the only thing I did to prep for tech tests.
5: Perfect, thank you. And what are you doing since the bootcamp? And is there any general advice you would give to anybody considering part-time and and what they should be doing?
3: So the course definitely given me a lot of uh, knowledge that I can take to work. So at work, the developers will kind of start speaking about things and you go, ha, I know what you're talking about. And in my role, because I'm building out a new part of our app, it's quite good to be able to understand the process that they need to go through. So I go, I've got an idea for a feature, and whereas in the past I would have gone, I've got this idea for a feature, you actually know what it takes now to build a feature. So where in the past you might have had this crazy idea that was quite big, you can actually come up with something and say, I've thought about this, I think it would take this, Um, which gives the product manager a bit of an easier time because you can start to size work up for them. Uh, As well as being able to do things like access the database now and use SQL, um, I would recommend just like don't stop after boot camp. I take a little bit of a break and have a little bit of time off because it is quite an intense thing to go through. But it does start to go out your mind quite quickly. And if you fill your life with all these other things, you can soon kind of sit there and go, this is something that would not have taken me this amount of time. And now I'm having to watch lectures and kind of really think about this quite hard.
5: Perfect, thank you. And is there any advice you would give for someone considering going on the part-time boot camp, um, with how to either prep for six months of your life being very disruptive, or how you would kind of go through it mentally
3: as well? It's a commitment of time and money, um, and I think if you're if that's a big enough thing to you, you kind of you what you do commit to it quite a lot. I started off. Very, very organised, very committed. Uh, I'd meal prep, I'd kind of cycle here um, and towards the end it would be popping down the road for a sandwich and then missing the occasional Thursday. The six months is hard and you kind of do need to psych yourself up for, you need to psych yourself up for that. Um, But I think in the end you realise the value of what it's giving you and the more time you miss and the kind of less you commit to it, the less you get out of it and... I mean, there's competitive part of me that's kind of watching other people go through the course and it, you see someone getting slightly ahead of you. You're like, OK, now I need to put into more time and make sure that I don't get left behind by the rest of the batch. Um, and I think that was a great thing. We were There was a certain sense of camaraderie because there was 16 of us. We were the first batch ever. Um, we were kind of going through this process together. And I think we were going through the same mood cycles as well because... One week, everyone be really, really like headphones on, not talking to each other, and then the next week, everyone be having a laugh and kind of. But it is a process, and you do have to commit to it. And it does end. Um, you get to the end, and it's okay. I thank
5: you and Jack. What's your life after bootcamp? And any general
4: advice? Um, so I think general advice. Obviously, speaking from a uh, sort of anyone who's thinking about you know doing their own thing or their business or anything like that, um, I would say just start. Like I know it's. I mean. Take a bit of time off if you need, but just start because there's one thing I've learned is, my God, it takes much longer than what you think. Um, And I'm sure uh, ben in the background who who also built an app after our batch we basically we originally scheduled a month and it took it's taken four so um, the longer you wait around the longer it's going to take I'd also say by doing it and being involved yourself I mean I just learned so much more about front end just by doing um, I'd also say if you know one of the things I really appreciated was just the practical sense of the desk space here for £10 a day um, was great um, just being around the wagon I mean you can't still speak to Phelan or Arthur about you know calling a ticket so you have to be very sort of you know um, making sure you just basically look after yourself but in terms of just coming uh, to the space forming a routine um, coding every day being at the wagger, but not kind of you know you feed off the energy of the other students uh, was really beneficial and um, I'd highly recommend it if anyone is thinking about um, building an app do it here
3: it's good
0: okay.
5: and what's your what's your favorite language
3: I think probably SQL, because I, I use that every day. Uh, it's very methodical language. It makes a lot of sense. Um, and yeah, it's, it, I'm quite interested in data, to number, uh, data and numbers. So, and it's quite easy. Um, that,
0: that's probably my favorite.
1: I enjoy using Ruby every day, but I think I would like to know more JavaScript. I like JavaScript, and I want to get better at that, definitely.
0: So I'm going to say a bit of a weird one because JavaScript's my favorite language, but it's also my least favorite language at the same time somehow. Uh, If you work with it enough, you'll understand why.
1: (laughs) Thanks for listening to Lawagon Live. Tune in next week for another episode. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe by hitting the subscribe button.